Welcome to Crab Takes in Football. This is what the Baltimore Sports Report does. I'm TK, joined by Andrew Holly. Holly, another tough Sunday. We're here on Monday, the day after, just over 24 hours after the game. How we doing? I, it, you know, I, I don't want to be the guy that says, oh, the sky is falling. The sky is falling, but I think it might be. Yeah, it's it's kind of hard to not feel that way. I mean, I mean, we, not we like, both expected not like a loss here. Rebuild or something, you know. But as far as the season goes, I'm, I'm afraid it might be uh, might be toast. Yeah, yeah, it's starting to feel that way a, a little little bit more each day. Um, so the Ravens lost to the Tennessee Titans, thirty to twenty four in overtime. Um, it, it's kind of strange because we both anticipated a loss here. We both predicted a loss here, but I think the way in which it happened and um, some of the news that came out today about the COVID list with J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram, uh, it just it just hits a little different. It stings a little bit more than I thought it would. Um, like I said, even though we both kind of had an idea that the Ravens were going to lose this game. Yeah, I think it, it hurts more because... I expected them to run all over us the entire game. So for it to, for us to have hope and then everything we expected to happen still happen, but <laughs> in that gut punch of a way, that sucked. Yeah, yeah, it sucked. So let's, um, I guess what's becoming, well, you know, while we've done this podcast, we really haven't had too many losses. I think this is the first time the Ravens have lost two weeks in a row while we've been doing the podcast. Um, so I think we're going to see. Well, we've our... had, I don't know about that. We've had, we went through a couple tough stretches, not last year, obviously, but the year before. But that, 2018. Oh, yeah, that's true. At the beginning of the year with, uh, with the Flacco. With Flacco at the helm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, well, in the Lamar in the Lamar era, this is the first time yes, we've lost two straight, absolutely. I believe. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah. So let's go through our good, bad, and ugly, um, and then we'll talk a little bit about Thanksgiving uh, because there's a game on the way in in three days against an undefeated oh opponent God. on the road. Um, so yeah, let's start with the good because I think there is still some good uh, to be salvaged here. Um, despite the loss. So what are some of the good things you saw, maybe some of the players that you were you were happy with their performance or, or some themes that you saw in the game? Um, I'll, I'll just throw out some names. Okay. Because I, I don't know if we can really, I, I don't know, I, I had a lot of frustrations in the game. But here, I'll throw out some names in one particular play that I truly okay. enjoyed. And, and sadly didn't mean as much as I thought. But <laughs> first things first, our sadly COVID list performer, J.K. Dobbins, was was really good. I mean, the yes. whole – he needs to just get the ball from now on. I, I loved the fire. I loved it when he was pissed that he wanted the ball and then the next time he got the ball he did something with it. I mean I I really 
I, it's time for him to get more involved, and he obviously is. I mean, he his snap count, I believe, was 41 snaps. Is that correct? Something like that? Over 40 snaps compared to the other two. I mean, he blew their their time on the field away, which I think is yeah, great and needs to continue. Particularly in, in the in the three quarters. Um, yeah, after after the first quarter, yes, he he essentially took over. I think he had 15 touches, and uh, Gus Edwards and Mark Ingram barely saw the field after that. Yeah, yeah, and that needs to. As much as I like Gus, and we're obviously going to get a lot of Gus against the Steelers, which we'll talk about. But I think J.K. Dobbins needs to be. It, we need to start making him our bell cow guy. It just need, it needs to happen. We need some kind of spark, and he seems to be one of the few areas. Uh, second name, Mark Andrews. I think it was Mando. Nice to see yeah. him. You, you know, I'll let you talk about the Mando. So we'll. I'll just leave it at that. Um. Des Bryant, I think. Yes. Okay. To, we're, we're three for three on, we'll, on names. We'll so get far. and and we'll. I'll, I'll let you get to him since you obviously want to talk about him too. So we'll we'll get to that. But I think he was he was a name that we we really need to talk about. Um, switching to the defensive side of the ball, and really the play that. Well, I, I'll say, uh, and I, here's a name, and Gakwe was fantastic again, and mm-hmm. he finally got his got some results, you know, for his hard work. But the hit on on Henry by Deshaun Elliott. Yeah. Wow. I mean, can I just say, like, I had visions of, I mean, sadly it didn't turn out this way, but I had visions of Eddie George curled up in a ball after Ray Lewis made him his bitch. Yeah. And and sadly, turned out that way. Henry obviously had the last laugh, unfortunately. But, I mean, I think we can both just, say that's the pop of the season potentially for Deshaun Elliott. Yeah, that was a that was a big time shot that he delivered. Um you know what's kind of weird is that that kind of felt like the turning point in the game, but in favor of the Titans. Like after that hit, they kind of yeah. they kind of seemed to take over a little bit, which is well, the no, because they had that fumble shortly thereafter. That 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 they, long, the on the wildcat play to Henry, where they yes. lost thirty yards or whatever it was. Uh, on the but then they they the, still ended up kicking a field goal there, and then they and then they scored a touchdown on the next drive. Sure. And then they scored. I mean, a touchdown it, they, on they the didn't. Next let's drive. put it this way: they didn't let that. Right, getting their heads in any way, shape, or form, and certainly not Henry. Right. Yeah, I mean, e- either way, I mean that was a shot, and you don't you don't see that shot. happen to Derrick Henry any and one time. One last name. Um. It it first NFL catch. James Prochet. I don't know what they're. What it was about the play, I don't know what it was about the catch, 
it just he looked like a guy that knows how to get open and Lamar finally found him. I, I call that my overreaction of the week his first NFL catch. I've really liked him. He's been a very dependable punt returner. But okay. for a team looking for something out of their wide receivers, there it was nice to see him at least get a shot, make a play, and look good doing it. Okay. I, I completely agree. And every name that you just mentioned on your good list is also on my good list. Um, so that's good. I had a few more. So let me get to the ones that you mentioned. James Prochet, that, your, that yeah, route. Your balls in your court. That route was surgical. Like, if yeah. you just watch the replay, it shows a lot of nuance to it. It shows some understanding of what the route is trying to do. He's changing speeds. He's dropping his hips. He's using head fakes. And he completely snatched that corner's ankles. And that's why he was so wide open. You know, he was one-on-one, and he Mm -hmm. destroyed the corner. And the corner was playing in a little bit of off coverage, too. So that makes it even harder to do that. So he showed a lot of understanding of what that particular route was supposed to do. And that's really great to see and really great to see him get involved. So I'm completely there with you. Going in reverse order, I think you mentioned Des Bryant. Des mm-hmm. Bryant, first time on the field, or, or first time catching the ball in, in what, three, four years now. Um, I wanted to, you know, he had the first down conversion for his first catch. The play that stood out to me was on the last drive. Um, he caught a short pass and then used some yards after the catch to convert a first down and took advantage of a really nice block by Dobbins. Um, the thing that stood out to me there is if you watch him on the play, he kind of like runs back towards Lamar, uh, you know, back like down, not what, how do you say closer? He he just came closer to Lamar instead of kind of just staying where he was, which he ran back to the quarterback. Exactly. Amazing. Uh, uh, When do we see that? When was the last wide receiver? That we have have seen at, on the Ravens that ran back towards the quarterback. Oh hey, play got broken up. Let me go run and see. Hey, I'm open. You know, it's it's a novel idea. Right. So then, not only did he come back to the quarterback, but he worked himself into an open passing lane, mm-hmm. and and then after the catch, he utilized his blocker in a in a good way. So that understanding of hey, like. I can't just stay here. I need to uncover myself. I need to get to, like, even though I'm going backwards, I need to get to a spot where Lamar can get me the ball and I can make my own way upfield. I'm going to go get the first down. I'm going to go put myself in the position to at least get the first down. Right. And then how many times over the course of the season have we just seen Lamar scrambles around and nobody can get open? Nobody can uncover. And the guy, probably the wide receiver with the slowest feet on the team now, is the one that's doing it. And the one, and the I'll one be honest with it. you, he's he needs to he needs to be uh, he needs certainly needs to be active on Thursday. I'll put it that he way. He does. 
He does. So uh, that was a good. That was a good. Yeah, uh, he just has. He still has the feel. I guess he does. Is is what I took from that. So that's he had that good nice one. old wise wide receiver sort of savvy. Yes, that we've absolutely. been missing. Absolutely. Um, I absolutely agree with you on that. Uh, you mentioned J.K. Dobbins. I think that one is pretty straightforward. You know, his his ability to not even just run the ball, but to catch the ball and to participate in some um, in some pass blocking as yeah. the running back is pretty impressive for a rookie. So, yeah, that one's pretty obvious. Um, you mentioned Ngakwe. Um, uh, you mentioned some other defensive guys that I can't remember right now, but I also want to call out Derek Wolf. Um, yes. He, yes, absolutely. My goodness, these past two weeks, he's really earned his paycheck. Um, without Brandon Williams, without Calais Campbell up front, he is, he's been a force and he has been he a really difference maker. Been. He was a huge reason why the Ravens were able to stop Derrick Henry for quite a bit of the game there. Let's face and, it, three uh, and a half quarters. I yeah. And, and unfortunately the front stopped there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, they ended up, it seemed like they ran out of gas, but the effort that Wolf put in for, you know, the 60 minutes plus overtime, mm-hmm. you know, cannot be overlooked. And, you know, he's, Absolutely. he's starting to reveal himself as this guy that just what seems like he was born to be on the Ravens, you know, just the way that he plays, how hard he plays, the intensity that he plays with. He's just uh, like, you know, not a, not a name that you say on every single play, but he's there and he's doing his job and he's well, super, he's super dependable more because guys like Campbell and Brandon Williams aren't on the field. You know, right. Like we're starting right. And to, you can see the difference that he makes. How good exactly. We're, we're, we're really starting to get a better, better idea of how good he is because we can't just say, oh, it's Brandon Williams and Clay Campbell that are getting it done. Actually, it may have been Derek Wolf a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah, setting the edge, doing his thing. I mean, he he's he was really good. You know, you saw that shot of him uh, after after the game winning run by Henry, just like you know, on his hands and knees, like one, like disappointed and and just you know physically and mentally just spent, yeah, I'm sure just spent afterwards. And you see yeah. that effort that he's putting out there, and, and you know, for a team that's not used to losing. Um, Losing two straight, you know, he seems to to fit into that culture of, of like, yeah, you know, we need to be disappointed about where we are. And, and you know, that's not what this defense is about, um, like giving up a lead in that fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Another guy on the defensive side, uh, Tyus Bowser, made a terrific mm-hmm. play on the interception and, and on the return. That was a really cool blitz design by um, – by Wink Martindale, he he faked the blitz with Bowser. He brought Patrick Queen up the middle, who delivered a shot of his own to to Ryan Tannehill, and and uh, Bowser was able to go back and make a play. You know, we were a little bit concerned about Bowser's uh, decreased playing time with the addition of Ngakwe, and it certainly has been decreased. But it's really good that he's still finding ways to contribute. Um, he ended up playing a little bit more than Ngakwe uh, on. On uh, on Sunday, uh, because of their propensity to run the ball, I think Gakwe is more of a pass rush specialist. But um, yeah, it, it's good to see him contributing still. And then one particular play uh, by Malik Harrison, I thought was really good. Uh, you know, he kind of blew up a screen all by himself, 
uh, yeah. over on the left side on Derrick Henry. So that was a nice play. So it's nice to see him contributing and, and recognizing and able to fight off blocks of offensive linemen. You know, he's a big, strong dude. And, uh, you know, that was really impressive to see. And then, of course, my guy, the man Drew's Mando, uh, he played his highest snap percentage of his career, I believe, um, with Nick Boyle going down and, you know, adding adding uh, Luke Wilson to the roster. You know, they're starting to ask a lot of, of Mark Andrews and you know, more more than he's used to. Um, so I'm glad that he was still able to take on the ad- additional responsibility and, um, you know, continue to produce in the in the passing game uh, as he usually does. So this is the that way. was the good. This is the way, Mando, my guy. So I think that it was the good that that I that I brought out. Um, trying to think of uh, trying to think of other good things. Um, I mean, I Lamar that, scrambling, I think, was good. Mm-hmm. You know, generally, I I don't think McCarry was certainly wasn't a wasn't he wasn't a, a liability. A snapping yeah. the ball. Um. So there's that. Fluker uh, wasn't bad at, at right tackle. We're, we uh, saw the debut of Will Holden. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he wasn't, a, again, wasn't a huge liability. So I guess that's good. He did have a pretty big penalty. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I want to call it pretty big, but it was a it was a pretty bad false start penalty. Yeah, that sucks. And, like, what do we have, like, 40 penalties over the past five games or something? Let me see here. Oh, over the past Something five like that. games, I don't know, but <laughs> it, we had six it feels, for eighty-one. Like six yeah, for I eighty-one. Mean, yeah, that. I mean, that's okay. So maybe we're just flowing right into the bad here. Was there anything good? Uh, any other good that you wanted to add? I thought the two-point conversion play was really nice. Uh, Lamar to Dobbins. Um, that particular play requires an extremely precise throw because if Dobbins has to adjust at all or slow down at all, that gets stopped short. So Lamar put it exactly where it needed to be, and uh, Dobbins was able to fight his way in. So that's another good. So Now let me ask see. you, was that not the play that we wanted to or we tried to run but with Justice Hill in that package? Last week, uh, you mean last before? week? It yeah. was similar. I think Hill was a little bit further out uh, in the flank, but but yeah, either way, it, I think yeah. You know that's it, that's the reason why we should have J.K. Dobbins in that in that package and not Justice Hill. No offense to Justice Hill, but come on. I mean, so hopefully we we're, we're learning that lesson. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, not much of a chance to build momentum for him. Uh, no, because of exactly. the uh, it's one step forward, two steps back, and then we play, uh-huh. and then we play next Thursday too. So not only do we play Thanksgiving, we play the following Thursday, which again Thursday, except for Thanksgiving, Thursday games are so flipping stupid. I mean, I'll try to not go off on a rant again, but I'll save that go for, for after the Thanksgiving game, but. You know, here we are, of course, in this COVID age, and we could lose Dobbins and Ingram for not just Thursday's game, but also the following because it's it's 
what, 10 days or something like that they've got to be out? Yeah. Or so they've got to be on the list the or quarantine Sunday. or whatever. So we very well could miss them for two games. Yeah. Which, as we've seen, Dobbins is quite important to the offense. So that stinks. Yes, it does. Well, we were going to get our taste of that Justice Hill package, I have a feeling. Yeah. Good. I mean, it's going to be the Justice Hill, yeah. Gus Edwards show. It's time to, okay, guys, there's your bulletin yeah. board material. Getting uh, back exactly to some what of we our, thought. our standard win format. You know, it, it's, uh, oof. Anyway, we'll talk about that when we get to the Steelers. But. Yep. So any any other good that you want to point out? I don't think so. No. Okay. All right. I think I'm positive out. I think I'm. Yeah. I think I'm tapped out on the good as well. Let's let's move it over to the bad, and and I'll I'll let you start. You know, Marquise. Mm. I I don't know what to say. Um, it's really tough for me to watch AJ Brown, who I did want. He's the guy I wanted in the draft um, that year. And it really sucks to see a guy who is exactly what we need out of a wide receiver. He's exactly, he's the physical specimen. He's the, the, the touchdown that, now he had some help with some people pushing him, but still, that sucks. It sucks. We have another first one wide receiver bust on our hands. And I, I don't know. I mean, it's like, what? How, if we, and you look, go back and look at like, look, hindsight is obviously 2020. But we look at AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, and then look at Hollywood Brown. We took Hollywood before those two guys. <laughs> what? You know, it seemed it seemed to make sense at the time. <laughs> I don't I don't know what to I say, know, man. I it, know. It's hard. I know. It but it, it it's like and I look, I I, I love Eric DeCosta, but moving forward, unless unless it's freaking Calvin Johnson, and we're picking him in the first round. I no, go elsewhere with that pick. Go elsewhere, pick an offensive lineman, pick a corner, whatever. Pick a pass rusher. I mean, at this point, we're, we might be better at quarterback than we are at wide receiver. Because let's face it, we've we've had wins with Flacco and Lamar. So you know, this we can't have. We had two two uh, hits on wide receiver. We had Torrey Smith, and he wasn't even a first round pick. Yeah, he was one of our rare second round hits. So so that sucks. Generally, yes. you know, to see to see Des Bryant come off the street after two years and outclass pretty much our entire wide receiver core, 
That's awesome. Yeah, dude, how bad is that? That's um, That's an indictment. So... That's uh, so. I'll start there. I'll, uh, what what's your? Uh, I'll pass the baton for you for the night. Okay. So that sucks to see AJ Brown doing that. Um, I will say, Marquise did work his way open a couple times. Um, the throw to the back of the end zone that was broken up at the last second. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I can blame Marquise for that one. That ball was out late. That needs to come out a lot earlier. You know what though would would have helped was being uh, six inches taller and yeah, fifty more pounds taller, maybe fifty fifty pounds heavier, (laughs) uh, bigger wingspan. Just like I I can't I can't tell you. And and let's face it, probably just as fast. Because I've yet, except for those games against the Dolphins where he allegedly has had screws in his feet, where's the, where is it? Where is the speed that we're supposed to see out of that? Uh, did he lose a step by gaining some weight in the offseason? Mm. No, I don't think so. I don't it, know. Yeah, I'm just saying. It's, the... It's interesting because, like, you know how I talked about, like, the nuance in Prochet's route that, mm-hmm. like, worked him open? It's not necessarily something that I see from Hollywood. And, no. he, like, everybody in the NFL can run. I mean, I mean, like, corners. And, like, me, yeah, maybe you're a smidge faster than them, but you still need that nuance, you know, to, yeah. to gain that separation. So. I do see times and in, in, in which he gains that separation and like Lamar was late with that ball to the to the back of the end zone. Um, Here's a statement. Here's a statement. This is crazy. This is wild. Four years from now, the only wide receiver on the roster that is still on the team, James Prochet. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Des Bryant. <laughs> no, no, that's ridiculous. He's going to be 57 years old, and he's still going to be a wide receiver for the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> no. Um, okay, so you think it's Prochet. Okay. Think it's not, not Duvernay? I really like Duvernay. I, I mean, I, I don't want to say that as a as a uh, indictment at all about him. I mean, he very well could be there, too, but I I'm just going to go. <laughs> so that's a crazy statement to say after somebody's first NFL catch after however many games in a season, but uh, 10 games. Um, but uh, I'm going to, I'm going to say that I, I like, I, I loved him in the draft. I loved him in the draft. I mean, I talked about him a lot with mm-hmm. you. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I always had him in our mock drafts that we would text back and forth. I always chose him late. Um, I don't know. I just have a, I'd I, I like that. You know, that's when you take the small wide receiver. Not in the first round. As the first wide receiver on the board, when there are all these little specimens on the board that we could take. And honestly, I get the DK Metcalf thing because I was low on him too. But AJ Brown's another story. I wanted that son of a gun. He was my he was my guy in that draft, and man, does that suck to see him 
Like AJ Brown makes that makes some of these grabs to Hollywood that he's not able to to haul in. He he at least fights. Yes. He, yeah. He he has the physical ability to. And I'll say desire. I don't want to say that Hollywood doesn't have the desire. I'm not trying to get into that sort of thing. But, you know, but his physicality allows that desire to show a little bit more in those situations. So, I, I mean, you know, I saw someone, someone, I guess, Alan Robinson could be a free agent next year. I mean, this is yes. a discussion mostly for another time. But, I, I mean, is that, do you want to see the Ravens go get a big money wide receiver like Alan Robinson will be? And is he the guy? Is it really, is Alan? I mean, I know Alan Robinson is good. I'm not trying to say he's at all bad. But, I mean, is this going to be another, is this going to be Derek Mason? Or is this going to be every other veteran wide out outside of Anquan Bolden? You know, I would love if the Ravens can bring in Allen Robinson because he is that big body. He is that nuanced route runner, uh, and he just hasn't had anybody that can throw him the ball on a consistent basis. Um, so I would love that. we The Ravens have proven – over the last 25 years that they can't develop wide receivers. They can't draft no. and develop wide receivers. No. So the only, the only productive wide receivers that we've brought are guys that we've brought in. Like you mentioned, Derek Mason and Bolden and Steve Smith and, you know, that kind of. That's true. I'm sorry. Steve Smith, I, outside of those three. I, I, right. I, that's so, a glaring, glaring omission. Let me just say that right now to that day. Right. So, you know, that the proven commodity who already knows how to get open in the NFL uh, seems to be the only way we can get production out of the wide receiver. God, how position. good would Steve Smith be in this offense right now? He would be. I mean, like his willingness to block, oh. and his like that, his forget this style of play, his mentality would be bullshit. Right? You know, where oh great, no, we don't need Antonio Brown. We don't need it. We need the next Steve Smith. Who is that? I think every single team in the NFL would love to know the answer to that question. I know that, but, but I, I no, I, I, don't I, I hear mean, you. Like that's, I don't that's that kind of guy. Steve that we Smith want. himself, but I, I mean, mm-hmm. where's that guy who isn't on an underrated team that we could poach? You know what I mean? That guy who mm-hmm. can come to the Ravens to solidify his Hall of Fame career. Um. You know that's where you go, D Hop. But obviously he's he's that that ship has sailed now. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where that move. I mean, he would have been perfect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like it it hurts even more now. Like you know, considering how close or or the the effort was there to try to acquire DeAndre yeah. Hopkins, who's obviously. Yeah. In my mind, top three, if not number one receiver in the league, you know, there you can make an argument for uh, other guys as well. But I mean, talk about understanding how to run routes and, and the no, willingness my. to go through contact and make a catch and strong hands and everything that you could ask for in a wideout. You know, it, it's just man, like that would be nice to have. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, but weird. Yeah, 
they're they're players like they, that. That's crazy. You know, and and it's and it's tough seeing other, like watching other teams with receivers you've never heard of go out and make really nice catches and work the their Steelers way open. Throw a bunch of shit on the wall and end up with three Pro Bowl receivers. Yeah, let's be real. Let's be them. real. Yeah, Deontay Johnson's a beast. He's going to be tough to cover. We'll we'll get to that very shortly because that was part of my ugly. God, but I mean. That that I think that is the most frustrating thing for me is that the team that is our biggest rival has the one of the they're just a wide receiver factory mm-hmm. factory. It's it's I mean look at look at all the players that they have had over the years that were not high draft picks. That turned into fantastic wide Super Bowl Super Bowl winning wide receivers for them, from Mike mm-hmm. Wallace to um, obviously obviously uh, Antonio Brown and and now Deontay Thompson and did I say is that did I say that Deontay right? Johnson did I okay Johnson sorry yeah. I thought I said his name wrong um I mean. And now we've got Chase Claypool to deal with and Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, anyway, we'll get to that. But it's, why can't, why can't we do that, TK? Why? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know why, why guys don't seem to get better because we seem to be relying on, oh, man, like, you know, how how many chances do we give Chris Moore? I mean, like, yeah, this is really the guy. This is the season he's yeah. going to break out. Um, are you kidding me? And just doesn't happen. And, and look, and then, how many chances are we giving Miles Boykin at this point? I mean, just stop. Yeah, he didn't have I a mean, single target. Um, I don't know if that's yeah. on him or if that's on the play call or whatever the case might yeah. be. But when you have your starting wide stop. receiver out there and not get targeted, uh, you know, get, get outproduced by Des Bryant at this point in his career, uh, not ideal. No. Uh, not not ideal in the least. I do want to go back to uh, AJ Brown here to talk about another bad thing. Uh, the tackling all day was yeah. bad. It was bad. It was it was Outside very sloppy. That we highlighted earlier, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it got very sloppy. It was. It seemed fairly evident that late in the game that they were just exhausted. They were they just like huffing and completely. puffing, and you know they got worn out at the end of the game. And that's tough because you know despite a couple of injuries, the Titans are pretty big up front. You know it's hard to deal with Derrick Henry 27, 28 times in a game. That's hard. And and yes, it's a thinned out defense because of injuries and and things like that. And but but the tackling was just bad. And, and A.J. Brown, mm-hmm. I think I saw a stat earlier today. He had seven. He forced seven missed tackles, which is the most by a wide receiver oh, since Odell Beckham Jr. in 2016. Um, so, yeah, it was bad that 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 touchdown run. He was contacted by four different Ravens. It was Chuck Clark who had the first shot at him and then Marcus Peters, who got shrugged off. Uh, Marlon Humphrey got shrugged off, and then Patrick Queen, unfortunately, was caught in a tough spot mm-hmm. uh, with A.J. Brown full steam, and he got backed into the end zone. Um, so those four guys were in contact with yeah. A.J. Brown, couldn't bring him down. The other play was before that, where he, where uh, A.J. Brown kind of sh- uh, 
shrugged off Chris Board. He shrugged off Marlon Humphrey again and then got pushed out of bounds for a first down. So multiple times the Ravens had an opportunity to make a stop and A.J. Brown just seemed to um, to overpower them at that point in the game. And yeah, so that was that was definitely near the top of my list for the bad. The tackling was bad all day. Well, you know, big time players make big plays and big moments. And who did that for the Titans? AJ Brown and Derrick Henry. Yeah. And they they both stepped up and made huge plays. Let's also not discount at all Corey Davis. He had a fantastic game for them. Five mm-hmm. receptions, hundred and thirteen yards. I mean, he burned the Ravens. Burned them. Mm-hmm. So, hey, um, you know, Tannehill, again, outplayed Lamar by a, a good bit. Um, it's, uh, they've got a snake bit. And, and let's be real. It, it's not, oh, the Ravens are snake bit by the Titans or the Texans. The Ravens can't beat good teams right now. The Ravens are a questionable, at best, good team. I'm just going to say that. I mean, if they make the playoffs, it's just because they were able to beat all of the crappy teams on their schedule. And that's it. And that's essentially what's shaping up to be. I mean, you look at it, and, okay, we were able to beat the Browns. Has there been any other good team that we've beaten this year? Uh, and I have a feeling we'll split with the Browns. Yeah, uh, we beat the Colts. That's probably the best team we've beaten. Uh, and they're seven and three. They just uh, just beat the Packers. Okay. But that's about it. I mean, the other team is the the you know the other other win to be impressed with is the Texans, I guess. Um. But yeah, otherwise the other wins are against. Yeah. So you mentioned the Browns. The other wins are against the Washington Football Team, the Bengals, the Eagles, and the Colts. So, yeah, of those wins, the Colts are definitely the, the highest quality. And, and, you know, that Browns team, I'm not sure they're the same Browns team in week one. No. Um, we'll find out in a few weeks. Yeah, and, and I mean, honestly, good for them. Seven and three, that's, I mean, they, hey, they got to lose. You know what? It's about freaking time. How many times can you have all these high picks and – Oh, win win the draft every year or win the off season and suck. You know, it's about time they fucking did something. You know, I'll be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I mean, screw Cleveland and I hate the Browns, but it's about time they actually did something with the picks they got. Yeah, and anyway, they're doing it. Stefanski's doing a good job over there. About that, but I'm, <laughs> I'm annoyed with. Well, them. yeah, Stefanski's doing a good job with them, and. Uh, you know, I, uh, yeah, got to take your hat off to them a little bit. But, yeah, like you said, we seem to lose to the good teams. And w- when was when was that year, like the last year the Orioles were, you know, challenging for a playoff spot or they made the playoffs and... and Lost to the was, Blue Jays? Yeah, was that 2016? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, okay, so it's, it's something similar. Yeah, it was similar. 2016, because 2014 and then, yeah, so it would have been 2016. Yeah, so it's similar to that in which the Orioles had a losing record against other playoff teams or playoff contenders, and they just beat mm-hmm. up on all the bad teams. And is mm-hmm. you know, yeah, like you beat who you should beat, but you should also be able to compete with 
you know, other teams of high caliber. Yeah, if and you're like just you the said, best of the crappy teams, that's not fantastic. Yeah, what does that really mean? And, uh, you know, there was, um, you know, somebody said of the Ravens' last 10 losses, seven of them are at home. And it seems like Ooh. all of those are to good teams, except for the Browns last year uh, early on. Because if you look at it now, um, the last 10 losses are the Titans twice. A pretty good okay. team, as, as we've seen. The Steelers, you know, they're undefeated. The Chiefs. Um, who just came back and had a nice win yesterday. Uh, mm-hmm. The Chargers, uh, who who were a good team that year. Uh, so it just seems like, you know, I think we beat Saints, good teams. I think yeah. that year that we lost to the Chargers, I was at that game. Yeah. That yeah. So that was the Justin know, Tucker, he missed like an extra point or something. The extra point, yeah. yeah. <sighs> so in 2019, we did beat good teams. 2020, it seems a little bit different in which we're we're falling we're finding a way to fall a little bit short of, of being yeah. these good teams. Whether it's giving up a lead um, late, like we did um, just now, it's an 11 point game, uh, and then or if it's just getting blown out by the Chiefs, you know, or you know we found a way to lose to to the Steelers as well, um, which leads me into my second point: um, blowing an 11 point lead at home. Uh, with a hundred million dollar defense is not ideal, and I know that the guys are missing, and they're you know you're thin on the front, on the front, and you're thin in the secondary. You got a rookie middle linebacker, but uh, I don't know, man. You spend that kind kind of money on the defense, and <laughs> they yeah. got they got to be able to close, man. They, it's a bad look. Of, of course, it's complimentary football. The, the offense could have helped them out a little bit, but man. Like a two-score lead in the NFL, with with the caliber of defense that the Ravens have, you got to be able to close that out, and and they didn't do it, and that sucks. That's that's definitely not a good look, like you said. Um, anything else in the bad here? Uh, I mean. I mean, there are a lot penalties of again. Bad pen- yeah, I mean, penalties were terrible. I mean, we already talked about Marquise and the rest of the wide receivers generally. Um, you know, Lamar did not have a great game. I don't know how much of it was his fault. He definitely was not on. I would say throwing the ball, but he still had a few really nice throws. You know, so you can't really say, "Oh my God, he was terrible." Yeah, um, I would I would just point to his fantastic. I would point to his hesitation on some throws though. Like I mentioned the throw to to Marquise Brown in the back of the end zone. Get that ball out, uh, you know, a split mm-hmm. second sooner and give him some real estate to operate with. Um that gives him a chance to to make that play. The other one that was late was uh to Mark Andrews in the back of the end zone as well. I thought that ball was a little bit late. Um, you know, which which had to get out a little bit sooner. And then he double clutched on another crossing route to Mark Andrews in between some defenders that was just out of his reach. You know, the thing that really stood out in that second half of the Colts game was not just the tempo, but the conviction and the decisiveness from Lamar. Mm-hmm. Um, that wasn't that wasn't the, the case. Uh, 
in this game. You know, that the hesitation, you know, I don't know if it's uh, a, a feel for the rush coming and, you know, he, he's pressured on, on almost 38, 7, 38% of the time he drops back. So I can understand him, you know, feeling the pressure a little bit. Yeah. Is it is it like a trusting his targets thing? That that conviction that like yeah that conviction and that decisiveness is is when Lamar is at his best and just firing yeah. passes all over the place, showing the touch and things like that. And and that's not the Lamar that that showed up on Sunday. No, certainly not play to play. Yeah, you know I think it all goes back to to really Marshall Yanda. I mean, because I think it's a combination of two things, two trust issues for Lamar. One, as you said, trust in his wide receivers. I still, or receivers in general, um, outside of really Mark Andrews. You know, I still say yet again, outside of Mark Andrews, you know, it would help. Hey, gee, being six four and having a big wingspan like AJ Brown, but I'll, I'll <laughs> get off my, I'll get off my soapbox. <laughs> That's that's going to be a continuing theme for the yeah, rest of the year, I'm sure. I, I mean, at this point, you know, until A.J. Brown completes his acceptance speech in the Hall of Fame, you know, <laughs> I just, it is what it is. We took the wrong, wrong Brown. Um, never, you're never going to let this one go, I can tell. I, I probably won't. And now, now I forget my, my total point. Oh, but it, it, it's trust issues, trust of their wide receivers and trust for the offensive line. Because what builds the trust in the wide receivers some time to actually be able to throw the ball to them. And mm-hmm. it's it's fairly apparent this season that Lamar has not consistently had the, the time to throw. Now, whether that is play design, whether whether that is most likely just a crappy play of the offensive line uh, without Marshall Yonda and now without Ron Stanley, you know, it, it, that is such a huge factor here. I, and outside of, you know, getting Jonathan Ogden to come out of retirement to play right tackle for us, you know, I'm not really sure where we go. Yeah, and, and, and on the current roster, they may not be a solution. Although, um, well, I, I, as I say, we did activate Tyree Phillips today off of IR. So it's very yeah. possible that Phillips, maybe not Thursday, but maybe next week, is our right tackle for the for the rest of the year. I could definitely see that. He is comfortable playing tackle from college. Um, maybe that's where we can solidify some things. So, hey, you know, Orlando Brown, again, is making himself some money. You know, he is, say this about the offensive line. Everybody else sucks right now. Orlando Brown is fantastic. I, he, even if he has a bad game, he's a right tackle playing left tackle fairly well. Um, yeah, I agree. He's been a bright spot for sure. Yeah. But, but anyway, I think it really comes down to those two things. It's, it's, it's trust in the offensive line and, and trust in the wide receivers for Lamar. Yeah, yeah. So then you you see Phillips potentially going to to right tackle, and then uh, do you think that uh, Powers sticks at 
right guard? Or I do. Is, is I it... do. I think you're going to see McCarry okay. at center, Powers at right guard, and then Phillips at right tackle. I, I think that's the only logical move at this point. Fluker obviously has not proven himself to be fully trusted by the coaching staff, considering he he seems to get pulled the last few weeks at right tackle. Um, so we'll see. I think you I think you put Tyree Phillips at right tackle. You know he's got some injuries, so you keep Fluker on the bench, ready to move in to to step in if you need to, and then. Let's see what Powers can do at right guard. Yeah, and, and Powers had the two penalties. Uh, he had a holding penalty, which was declined, and a, and a clipping penalty. So, so not ideal for the first start, but I think you got to give him his fair chance um, at, at that job because going into next year, you, you know, maybe you, I, I forget what Fluker's contract situation is, but. That right guard spot again is is up for grabs between Powers yeah. and you know the the same kind of group uh, unless you hey, bring somebody I, I else think in. Bozeman, I, I think Bozeman's probably a free agent after this season. Is he? I mean, I don't think he's got much longer on his deal. Let me put it this way. Here, I'll look that up as I ask the question. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that'll be something to keep an eye on as well. Um, so. Yeah, yeah, definitely a lot of <laughs> a lot of disappointing things, a lot of bad things. Um, just that the complimentary football that was that was present all year last year is just not uh, adding up, and and a lot of it was the offense's ability to control the clock and and eat up a lot of yards and a lot of time, and allowing the defense to kind of pick their spots of being aggressive and making plays. And, and, you know, being able to get off the field quickly. And you saw that kind of fall apart yesterday in which the offense couldn't really maintain possession in the second half. The defense couldn't get off the field. They got tired. And then at the end, you know, the floodgates kind of opened uh, for both Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown. So that was tough to see. Um, let's see. I uh, Bozeman, we have him signed through uh, 2021, his age 27 season. Okay. I guess my question would be this. Does he end up being a guy that we trade? I guess I don't know why we would if we if we like how he plays. But anyway. No, we'll yeah, I, I think you I think you hang on to him. I think he's turned himself into a, a pretty decent left guard. Um the ability to slide in the center is definitely a plus for him. And he's signed to a his cap number's low. So there's yeah. no reason to right. no so, reason Yeah, to that's that's the guy that you keep around. Um unless we get some ugly. crazy offers for him. So anyway, I'll I'll let that go. Yeah, yeah, I think he's a guy that sticks around at least until the end of this contract. Yeah, I believe it's yeah, still his exactly. deal. He's here through next year. I think yeah. we let him go. I guess my point was gonna be I see him going somewhere else once he hits free agency. Um I I would be surprised if Bozeman ends up being someone we spend money on. You know, the only two long-term offensive linemen I really see are are Stanley and Brown. And I think we're going to see, unless we find a center that that works really well with Lamar, I think we're going to see that interior of, of the offensive line fluctuate quite a bit um, just for salary cap reasons. Yeah, I mean, you can only pay so many guys before paying Lamar, and I think Bozeman is is 
going to be one of those guys that you can't pay yeah. at the end of the day. Um, I, I wanted to move to the ugly real quick. Staying on the defenses out of the ball, the corners got crushed all day. You know, they were yep. just a couple steps slow. They didn't tackle well. Um, definitely not the performance that we're used to seeing out of them. And uh, the ugly is because now they face a, a very talented wide receiver core on Thursday. Uh, guys that you already mentioned with Juju Smith-Schuster, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, Eric Ebron. Uh, it's going to be a tough night. It's going to be a long night if they if they play the same way that they did on Sunday. So uh, that was definitely on the ugly side. The other ugly that I wanted to mention was was the kind of pregame stuff. I don't know if you saw this. Um, so we're all getting mad exactly at the Titans. Happened because uh, full disclosure, I missed the 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 first part of the game because um, I I'm an Arsenal fan for those out mm-hmm. there, and they 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 uh, drew with Leeds. Zero zero. So that was a really exciting barn burn. I mean, actually, it wasn't terrible for a no score draw, but to then have the Ravens ascend, you know, go to overtime with the Titans, I was really not in a in a great mood. Um, but point of all that is the the games overlapped and I missed the very beginning. So what was all the talk to us? So about? what all happened? Uh, you know, I. I I put this in my ugly category because I think the whole thing is really stupid. Um, before the game, the Titans were standing on the shield at, at midfield, like the Ravens logo shield uh, at midfield and kind of jumping around, getting excited. And uh, John Harbaugh was not pleased. And he went over and, and started saying something, you know, he got um, a little bit fired up. Uh, I guess he felt a little disrespected by that. You know, Rabel came over and he was in the middle of it. And then at the end of the game, um, it looked like Harbaugh waved off Rabel, but now it you know it, it's been all cleared up. Yeah, that I know they're trying Rabel, to play yeah. it all down. Right, and and I you know I I believe them, and and you know I, as 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 much as I disliked Rabel when he was playing for the Patriots, I think that he's a a, a good head coach, and I, I don't think that. Oh, I don't um, like him now, but he's a good head coach. I mean, I just like I I I hated Jeff Fisher when he coached the Titans, but. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, he was a Hall of Fame level coach with the Titans. Um, yeah, you know that whole. But thing it was just stu- it's I, just stupid, man. That's like it's it's like it's, high uh, school. I will like, say like, though, I did like when Lamar bumped uh, what's his nose. Um, is oh, it yeah. after the Who touchdown? Yeah, um, I forget. Was it Malik I forget Hooker? the guy's name. Uh, no, it wasn't Hooker. It was one of their corners. Uh, 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 oh, it was what's what's his name who was on the Patriots? Um, Malcolm Butler. Right, Butler. Yeah, it was Butler. And I'm pretty see Butler is one of the ones that was John at Harbaugh. I'm yeah, pretty sure. And so, so I like, yeah, so that's I like that's Lamar good. You stand up for your like coach. Getting him with the shoulder, like, oh, sorry about that. Didn't see you there, but yeah, I did, asshole. Yeah, and and it was like it's just like childish behavior. Like first of all, by the Titans to do that. Second of all, by yeah. Harbaugh to get to, to get. It's uh, a little, but that's Harbaugh. Come on, that's, that's, that's yeah, so but Harbaugh. Like, that is so Harbaugh. Are you kidding me? I mean, the yeah. thing is though, think about think about it this way though. I I get it in some respects because 
even more so if there were fans there and stuff. I mean, that's our fucking shield. And I excuse my language here, but that's, you know, that's like the star in the middle of the field for the Cowboys, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, that if, if the Cowboys are going to get all defensive about their stupid star, then we should get defensive about our magnificent shield, you know? Um, I think, I don't know. Yeah, it just seems a little childish to me, man. Yeah, like, let, oh, it is, let them it's do football. it. Do Come it. on, man. Come yeah, on, like, man. like, let them do what they want. But, like, if you go out there and you, and you like, get in their face and disrespect our shield. You're going to let T.O. come up and, and disrespect our shield in the middle of the game? Well, yeah. Like he did to the star? But then you got to win. Yeah, still. You can't, you can't come out there to midfield and, and get in their face and get well, all mad at them. I'll say and that. Get, I, I will. Then, <laughs> then, yeah, then they, yeah, they pretty much then you gotta win, then they man, went you and danced all over us. Bit. Yeah. Right? I'll agree with and, you. You know, they, they walk off on a, on a touchdown yeah, run. Yeah, like, I agree. You know, like, uh, yeah. So, I'm, I don't know, man. I, the behavior at the end of the game was more in line with what I kind of agree with. You know what? No problem. You guys won. You know, we're going to get we're going to get out of here. Like, I, I understand that. But before the game, like. You know, they're, they're like I played high school baseball and like there, there would be stuff like that all the time. It's like, who cares, man? Like, just beat them on the field and, you know, they got to shut their mouths and go home. Yeah. And, you know, when you don't do that, you know, you don't get to shut them up. And and now they've beaten us on our home field twice in a row. So they have all the right to uh, all the right, you know, maybe maybe not be disrespectful, but they have the bragging rights. So I don't know. I thought that was stupid all around. Um, so I put that in my ugly category. Um, did you have anything else to add, Ugly? I mean, you, you know, know, we can, we can I, I talk about the we, game coming up on Thursday real quick. Yeah, we'll move to the Steelers in a moment. I think just the general ugliness, you know, it's been stated in a roundabout way on a high level. But the fact that we basically went into this offseason and said we're going to rebuild our defense. So we never have to go through the humiliation of Derrick Henry running over us during a big game ever again. And I know that Calais Campbell and Brandon Williams are hurt. But then for the next game that we play the Titans for the same basic thing and even somewhat more of a gut-punchy way happen, that's frustrating. And I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's ugly. That is the ugliest thing about this. Is yeah, that we, you know, this was a ben- major benchmark game in my mind. You know, I mean, yeah, beating the Chiefs would have been nice earlier in the season. And certainly the Steelers, whatever. You know, any of the games that we lost. But this game in particular was, all right, have we been able to exercise the demons? And if it wasn't clear before, it certainly is clear now that the answer to that is no. Yeah, yeah, I mean, 
we've been saying that all year is that the the additions were to make sure that didn't happen again and it happened again so yeah that's pretty ugly um turning our attention to thursday's game at the pittsburgh steelers very uh uh, very pointed question here. Is this is this game a must win? No. I mean okay. the and I say that in the sense that I, I it it's I you know the Ravens I think as we talked last week the Ravens could still make the playoffs at ten and six, mm-hmm. and I think that's where we had them. I think. Um, when we went through, so at ten and six, this could be one of the next two losses. Um, you know, if they lose, say to the, if they lose in the division. I mean, we're already going to lose the division, so it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But the if we lose to the Steelers and then lose to the Browns, and then win out the rest of the way, I could see us making the playoffs. So I don't know that. I don't know that this is necessarily a must win. Yeah, I agree. Uh, more so maybe for like morale, it's a must win, yeah. win. But for like playoff chances, I don't think it's a must win. Um, it's a I big do game. Think, it would yeah. do a lot to win. It would mm-hmm. do a lot for the psyche of the team and the fan base and playoff chances and everything else if they won. But I don't know that it's a must win. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And you know, to be be able to be the team that takes down the undefeated Steelers as part of sure. the rivalry in prime time would be really cool. And but if it doesn't happen, it's it's again, it's not the end of the world. Does it further prove the point that we can't beat a good team this year? Maybe um, that might be the case. But like you said, it's not the nail in the coffin for for the playoff hopes. So, you know, we mentioned some of the challenges uh, early on, which is losing J.K. Dobbins, Mark Ingram, and Brandon Williams to the COVID list. Um, Clayus Campbell, we can hope that he can come back, but in a short week, you know, that might not be possible. Um, that short passing game that the, that, that the Pittsburgh Steelers have been uh, employing so far this year is going to put a major challenge on the corners who just got torn up against the Titans. So that's going to be a major challenge. Offensively, um, the Steelers have twice now done a pretty good job of uh, challenging Lamar Jackson to to put up points on the board. So it's going to be a tough one. You're you're missing Dobbins. Uh, you're going to miss Brandon Williams. You're going to miss Clayce Campbell maybe as well. Um, you know what? Are, I guess where do you see the opportunities for the Ravens to come out of here with a win? Um, I think they need to get crazy. And I say that, I mean, not completely crazy. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to say we should come out and just start throwing the ball over the field, but different emphasis on the offense. I mean, we're not going to have JK Dobbins. We're not going to have Ingram. It's obviously going to be a heavy dose of Gus Edwards with the sprinkling of Justice Hill. I mean, that's just going to be the reality of what we're looking at. Um, I think Lamar Jackson is going to be um, most of our running game. I think that's a fair statement, if not a Captain Obvious statement. 
Um, so where I see us doing different things is, again, I say it every week, but figuring out ways to get the ball to some of our wide receivers, whether that be Marquise, whether that be DuVernay, whether that be our boy James Prochet to get his second and more uh, catches in his career. But, I mean, I think, you know, maybe take some of the the uh, plays from the Steelers playbook and some of these quick hit passes and some of the, you know, start just changing it up way differently than, than anyone would expect because guess what? We're missing most of our running game. What do you think about that? Yeah, I agree. This is a the Ravens put up 260 rushing yards on the Steelers earlier this year, and and Edwards was very successful, and and he averaged more than five yards a carry that game, so he could be in in position to have another nice game. Lamar also was very successful. He was about four yards a carry, and of course you're missing Dobbins, but you know there is an opportunity there on the ground. I agree with the short quick hitting passes, um, use the speed that we have at, at some of these um, at some of these positions, especially guys like DuVernay and Marquise Brown, um, you know, find ways to get Des Bryant involved early just so that they have something else to think about. Um, I think it's going to be a tough one to get Mark Andrews involved because of the um, defensive versatility that they have as well as the the edge rushers that they have you might have to stay in and and pass protect a little bit more but there are some opportunities for the offense to to succeed again and I think it's going to be using some speed and and I think we might see a little bit more Justice Hill than than you might be anticipating because he adds that element of the speed so I think that's well. We'll see. I mean, I, I I would I wouldn't mind seeing that. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, for all the the uh, you know crap I gave you know Greg Roman and the offensive play play staff to you know for that package with Justice Hill in it, I'm fine with seeing him on the on the field, just not in that situation. I, I mean, see. and especially now with both Dobbins and Ingram out, we have to see him on the field. So. I, you know, if we decide to go with a heavy dose of Justice Hill, I'm, I'm actually okay with that. Now, I also agree with everything you said. I mean, I think it's going to be a, a lot of Gus Edwards because he did have success going up the middle against the Steelers uh, in that last game. So, I mean, I think uh, we are going to see a heavy dose of him. But, as you said, you never know. Some of those quick hitting plays, some of those screen plays, May all may also involve Justice Hill. Yeah, so that'd be pretty cool. You know, throw a little wrinkle in there. You know, the, the Steelers know us so well; we know them so well. You yeah, know, but they haven't seen Justice Hill as much, so that could be kind of cool to throw out there. On the defensive side, the corners got to come ready to play, man. Like these yeah. these wide receivers are no joke. Eric Ebron is no joke. Um, they got to they got to come ready to go because the the same showing that they had against the Titans is not going to fly. Um, and, and if they expect to come out of here with a win, um, I don't know. You want to get into a prediction? Anything else to add here? I don't have much more to add other than, you know, I, it, I, I really, 
would prefer not to get indigestion after Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> yeah, it's it's gonna make Thanksgiving dinner a little little strange. I'd rather, you know, I'd rather just enjoy my Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is actually one of my favorite holidays. I'd rather it is my favorite. Be able to enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I like you know of course this this year's different than others of course but um you know generally that has been the holiday for me that that you know you still see the same people you've seen for 30 plus years and you know i that that to me is is pretty cool where mm-hmm. other holidays whether it be uh christmas or you know birthdays or whatever um, that are out there, you know, New Year's never really has been huge for me, but, you know, it's, it, those always change, you know, for me, Thanksgiving generally has been one of the constants and, and I, I'll, I'm disappointed it's not one of those constants again this year, certainly, but, but still yeah. one of my favorite holidays. Yeah, for sure. It, it, it's a tough year for, for that, but, um, you know, honestly, I, I think I'm going to go ahead and pick another Ravens loss. Um, the The line right now is the Steelers favored by three and a half, which is, I think, a little bit closer than what I think it's going to be. Um, I do think that the Steelers will move to 11 and 0. I think the Ravens are going to move to six and five. But again, not the end of the line for the Ravens uh, on the season. I just think that the Steelers right now are a little bit too much for the shape that the Ravens are in, both COVID-wise, other injury-wise, morale-wise. Uh, it's going to be a tough one. Yeah, it it, it will be. Um, uh, I'm afraid we're going to really start to see the flaws that we're seeing week to week. Uh, these last several for the Ravens, we're going to see uh, on spotlight, you know, for, for the world to see uh, on Thanksgiving. And let's just hope that, uh, you know, Lamar and Lamar and friends uh, put a little extra something in their stuffing and uh, come out with a win. Yeah, it'd be great to get a one of those Jacoby Jones turkey leg shots again. Absolutely, but, uh, you know, yeah. throw something out yeah, there. We'll Maybe see. Marquise can start uh, earning that Hollywood nickname that he wants us to use. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you want to sign us off? Well, it, you know. I, I would love to be positive in this uh, sign-off as I talk about the Ravens. So, you know what they say, if you don't have anything good to say, better not to say anything at all. So, with that, I'll just say happy Thanksgiving, everybody, and go Ravens. Go Ravens.